Dan's like, if it doesn't work this time, let's just go. Yeah. And his phone's like, Jesus, man, I didn't know I was going to get fired. <laughs> That's right. All we, all we need you to do is play the fucking song. Right? That's all we need right. you to do. Well, thank you, TJ. Uh, welcome to 207. Whoa. 207. the 207. Uh, oh, we should have had some sort of main-themed movie this week. But we didn't. Yeah, no. Oh, well. No. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do with my phone? There it is. <sighs> Gotta break in the letter. Did I get? <laughs> my letterbox is already pulled up. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> we gotta pause for a second. Alright, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good start. So... The mic is muted. Thank you. So, uh, movies. Yeah. <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, Actually, I had a, had a pretty big, busy movie-watching week. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I watched... I think I kind of did, too. Um, this is probably all stuff we could have been doing. Whoops. I watched... Uh, one of the ones that I'll start, I watched... Um, after it being on every streaming service for the past seven years, I finally watched Mud. Yes, yes. Yeah, which is uh, I, I had purchased it most recently so I could... Because it's one of the McConaughey films I haven't seen. Yeah, and I think it's like... I kind of felt like no one has seen it. No. It's like the movie that no one has fucking seen. But it's been on every single streaming service. It's always bumped to the top yeah. of streaming service things. So I've been seeing it for years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, it's a good movie. Well, I knew it would be because it's directed by David Gordon Green, who, um, he's the director of the new Halloween films. He's that guy. But he also directed a movie I watched a few weeks ago called George Washington, which is not about George Washington. Okay. Um, but it was, it's just, it was an indie flick. It was one of his first movies and it was Really, really fucking good. It was about basically like poor kids living in North Carolina. Um, this is mostly about poor kids living in Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> he apparently grew up in poverty and has some words to say about it. He kind of got, I'm not going to say shanghai for a, by Hollywood for a while because he directed uh, Pineapple Express. Oh. And then Your Highness. So he got kind of, he directed like some stoner comedies sure. for a while. And I don't know. A lot of people, especially like on the Criterion boards and stuff, are all like not pleased with his choices of late because he's a good filmmaker. He, uh, George Washington was a fucking beautifully shot film for, and it's one of those. It starred Mark Brandenowitz, by the way. Uh. So I was like, oh hey, that's what he did. <laughs> Although this is probably before Parks and Rec. Yeah. This is like two thousand. 
Uh, this um, is how he got the gig on Parks and Rec. Most likely. Um, but yeah, he, he made, like, and I, uh, there's a couple other, uh, that's the end up why I ended up buying mugs. I went to, and uh, ordered a couple, because like his lower budget earlier films were like four bucks used, so I, I bought a bunch of them to watch. Um, but yeah, he has, as they would say, gone Hollywood, and it made him, I'm like, well, he's, there's money to be made there. Yeah, um, I mean... I'm sure he made more money working on Pineapple Express than any of the other previous features he well, did combined. we've talked about it all the time in terms of actors. Like, they do those ones so that they can do five indie movies after that. Yeah, and you even know? if they don't, they're they're making the decisions... They, they're making the films they want to make. Yeah. And maybe he wanted to make fucking Halloween... Like, three Halloween movies. Maybe that's what he wanted to do. It yeah, why he got into movies. Well, it it kind of goes back to I'm trying to think of what the when um it's like in 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 like the sports talk shows mm-hmm. or like on sports talk Twitter. Yeah, when you see a I don't know, I'll just pick Dan Orlovsky, who is a, a he's on the ESPN and all the NFL shows and all that stuff. If he says tweets something about basketball. People are like, stick to football, dummy. Like, why can he not know about basketball? Yeah. If you are so well-versed in yeah. both the NFL and the NBA, mm-hmm. why the fuck can't Dan Orlovsky? Yeah. And it's the same idea here. Like, yeah, you like indie movies and you like horror yeah. movies and you like stoner comedy movies. Why the fuck can't he? Exactly. And yeah. why can't he make those? Yeah. I, I would love for him to go back and make more films like George Washington and Mud. Yeah. But it's not my career. I don't get to choose what he gets to do. Right. <laughs> he, he can make what he fucking wants to And make. it's frankly none of my business. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember uh, him asking me. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, the thing that surprised me about Mud, and I mean, look, this is 2011 or 12, um, and McConaughey is obviously a huge star. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was before the reconnaissance, McCona- though. Yeah, uh, I think this was kind of the beginning of it, I yeah. guess. Um, but for some reason, I was still kind of surprised at the rest of the cast. Like, it has a really good cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Shepard's in it. Um, Reese Witherspoon is in it. Yeah, I did not know Michael Shannon is in it. Oh, wow. Uh, Michael Shannon's awesome in this movie. Um, and the other thing that I learned is I now understand... Why everyone cast uh, Ty Sheridan for the next five years? Yeah, he's awesome in this because I don't really like him, and I yeah. haven't liked him in a lot of stuff that he's in, and I, like I hated him in X. The X. Well, it's so funny because it's like um, fucking Cyclops, uh, James Marsden. Yeah, I've liked James Marsden in a ton of things. He wasn't used well as Cyclops. Yeah, at all, and to piss off X Men film characters, it's because Cyclops is a shit character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Cyclops prob- is the like problems with the character. Yeah, he's not a great X Men. Um, that's why everyone who gets cast as him seems kind of dull because he's a dull fucking character. Yeah. Uh, but even on top of that, I didn't like him in Ready Player One. Yeah. Um, and something else, like there were three or three or four different things that I just didn't like him in. He's great in this. He's also like fourteen years old, so. Um, Maybe he's one of those that's a compelling child actor, and then as an adult, he just looks like a turd. That could be. The Miles Teller disease? Yes, very much so. <laughs> um, but it's 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 well worth watching. I think I gave it three and a half stars. It's about uh, uh, 
McConaughey, and I, the thing I texted you, uh, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it is packed full of potential screen grabs mm-hmm. that would look great with green light quotes. Yeah. Because he's constantly making McConaughey faces in McConaughey poses. With McConaughey lighting. With McConaughey lighting, with McConaughey sweat glisten, or whatever yeah. that is that he's always got. Yeah, he always looks like he's just got done doing push-ups in almost every movie, which is probably not far from the truth. Correct. It might not be, yeah. that may be accurate. That might be how he gets the glisten. Yeah. Is he's like, hold on, before this take, I'm going to bang out 50 push-ups. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> and it's the 40th take. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, we're up to 1,600 push-ups, Matt. We're like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, it's about these two dirt poor kids who live on the Mississippi River on the Arkansas side. Uh, so they're really well to do. Mm-hmm. Like one of them, the main kid, the Ty Sheridan it's character. Poverty. It's Southern poverty. Yeah, like they live in houseboats, mm-hmm. you know, that are like moored to the side of a muddy river, you know. Mm-hmm. Outside his bedroom is mud. Huh, mud, that's there the name of the go. movie. Yeah. Actually, the name of the movie is Mud because that's what Matt McConaughey's uh, character's name is. That was unintentional on my part. Um, and they, uh, him and his friend go out you know, on their crappy boat and are like, they like explore, like we probably would have done had we grown up there. Um, only we would have been much more cautious. These kids are dumb. Um, they go out to this, uh, this kind of island in the middle of the Mississippi and they find this because they had heard from, because Michael Shannon plays the other, the best friend's uncle, mm-hmm. uh, who is, uh, he dives for river oysters and Gross. he's just got, you got to, he's the best part of this movie. And he's in very, he's only in like five scenes, but it's well worth it. Uh, and they had heard tales kind of uh, um, stand by me, like that there was this, instead of a dead body, there's a boat in a tree that got stuck mm-hmm. up there in yeah. their floods. So, so they were on this journey to go see this boat that was stuck up in a tree. So they get there and they find that someone's been living in it. <laughs> and it's Mo- Matt McConaughey. And so far, it's like, that could also be McConaughey. That might yeah. be how they cast him for this movie, is he was in the boat that they wanted to use. <laughs> you pause for a sec? Yeah. All right, we're back. So McConaughey. Yes. Uh, so that he's, he's, he is living in this boat that's in this tree. Uh, and he is running from something. That, they actually, I thought there, it was going to be a, a more of a kind of a mystery along as to why he's out there. But he pretty much tells you right away. Um, I still won't give it away in case you. Care yeah, I know. I'll watch it soon. Care to be surprised? Which I uh, do. <laughs> and long story short, these two kids befriend him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really all you need to know. The one that I I, I forgot uh, when I was mentioning the cast, uh, the other big one that's in there is Sarah Paulson. Is oh, the, nice. is uh, Ty Sheridan's mom? Um, definitely well worth a watch. You're gonna forget it six months from now, mm-hmm. but like. Better than yeah. uh, I've been thinking a lot about the way that I that I score my movies because I, mm-hmm. I noticed at one point this week I had given like six things in a row a four. <laughs> I have a hard time going yeah. above that, mm-hmm. and I have a hard time dropping below it on movies mm-hmm. that I do legit think are good. Um, but not everything deserves a four to me, I guess. Yeah. So this one, I think a week ago I would have given it a four. Yeah. Today I gave it a four, a three and a half, uh, uh, but it's very much worth it. I also went through some of my older ones, and 
Uh, we talked about it, like you get that recency bump. Yeah. Where you immediately after something, if you even if you... Unless you hated it yeah. all the way through. Like, with Wonder Woman is a good example. I <laughs> wanted to like that so bad. I so bad... Every, we all wanted that so mm. badly to be good because we hadn't seen a fucking blockbuster in, yeah. <laughs> you know, a yeah. year. Mm. And it was... To me, I know it's bad for the industry and stuff. It was very cool that it was coming out at home on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, and I gave it a two and a half, which even at the time I said to Robin, I said, this is too much, isn't yeah. it? Like, I'm, I'm getting, Robin could give a fuck what I give movies. <laughs> but she goes, she goes, I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, she, yeah, like, that movie sucked. So I, I actually bumped that down to a two uh, when I went through, I did a little purge last night and. Move things up a half. I, I didn't go more than a, a full, uh, a half star, one way or the other. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, Mud. I think a couple days ago would have been a four, uh, but definitely worth watching. Cat, like I said, the cast is great. Mm-hmm. It's. I don't want to say it's oddly paced, but um, it kind of it kind of feels like you're going into the third act twice. Yeah, I get that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you kind of feel like you're already there, and then something else happens and goes, "Oh, now we're, mm-hmm. now we're going into." Mm-hmm. It, just story structure wise, it's a little odd, uh, and I don't know if that's just an editing thing or if things could some things could have been cut out because it is it's a little long uh, for such a small story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very small, takes place over just a couple of days. I mean, not that that matters. Mm-hmm. You can make a grand story that big, uh, that long, but. Uh, it's like so. It's like two hours and ten minutes long, which felt you know maybe fifteen minutes longer yeah. than it needed mm-hmm. to be, considering the scope and the size of the story. But uh, overall, I, I did really enjoy it. And he's again, we make fun of McConaughey, but oh, like, he's good. He's good. And you, I don't know. I'm. I will never look this up, and uh, I have just chosen to believe because he has like messed up teeth, mm. and they're like brown. Like mm-hmm. in between them, and like his front, and it kind of it kind of affects the way he talks, just a little teeny tiny bit. And I have decided to one hundred percent believe that that was one that was McConaughey. Yeah. And the director's like, "You don't have to do that, Matt." He's like, no, I'm doing the fucking teeth, dude. Yeah. This is how this this is how mud talks. It's, it's a gauge choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, no, you yeah. really don't have to do that. Why are nope. you doing an accent? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, I, I'm I'm just gonna choose. Choose to believe that that was uh, all McConaughey mm-hmm. was the the whole tooth decision, but um, yeah, definitely give it a watch. But I also won't be surprised if you're like, oh yeah, I fucking never thought about that movie again, <laughs> because when you watch it a month from now or whenever, and you say, hey, I watched Mud, I'll be like, what? <laughs> no, I'll remember Mud. It was it was pretty good. Well, that that kind of goes into one one of the uh, more independent films that I chose to watch this week. Uh, watched it completely on a lark. It was like ten o'clock at night. I Thought I was ready for bed, but I wasn't. So I figured, like, I'll throw this on and watch it. Um, I'm just pulling it up now. I watched nothing, nothing but indie style this week. This is uh, the John Watts-directed film, Cop Car. Huh. John Watts uh, has directed the past two Spider-Man films. <clears throat> this was the, the film that got him the attention. Um, it's, a, it's a small film. Who's in it? Uh, that would be Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon and Shay Willingham are pretty much the names in this film. What's Shay Willingham in? Uh, everything. Okay. He's one of those guys. Um, 
Vic He's Lowe. always like the third guy in a movie, usually. In a low-budget film? Yes. <laughs> um, he's on, like, the same level as, like, a Scoot McNary. Okay. You know? So, seventh yeah. or eighth guy. Yeah. But one that you would recognize and is almost always good in whatever he's in. Um, the, 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 the basic story of the film is there are these two ten-year-olds. Yeah, just like in Mud. Yeah, running away from home. Uh, so, you know, the film starts with them, they're walking across the field. They feel like they've walked 50 miles already, you know. It's it's that kind of 10-year-old talk, you know. They're okay running away from home because one of them brought a Slim Jim, you know, that they can eat. This dude? Yes. Okay. Um, Shea Wiggum, you're thinking Wiggum, Willingham yeah. is a baseball player, right? Probably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. They're... We could have never mentioned that. No. <laughs> They're running away from home. They've got their Slim Jim for sustenance. They think they've already walked 50 miles when it's probably been a mile at most. Yeah, because 10-year-olds have yeah. no no uh, sense of scope. And as they're walking across, and I mean, it takes place in a desolate area. There's a there's a city nearby, probably, but this, I think, it, I can't remember if it takes place in Texas or not, but it, it feels like Texas. It's wide open. I'm going to be able to segue off this so easily. Um, so as they're walking, they come across this cop car. And at first, as 10-year-olds do, they're like, I dare you to touch it. No, I dare you to touch it. Because there, there shouldn't be a cop car where they're walking. Um, and one of them dares to touch it, and then they're both touching it. And then they're like, one of them finds the keys in the visor. So they decide, this is our cop car now. So they drive away in it. Uh, you, you soon enough find out that that cop car belongs to the Kevin Bacon character. He was just peeing? Oh, no. No, he was ditching a body. Oh, well. Which I mean, is why he was out in the middle of nowhere. Sure. He appears to be involved in some shit. And the remainder of the film... <laughs> appears? ...is him trying to retrieve the cop car while also not a lot alerting anyone else that he does not have the cop car anymore. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough call to make. Yeah, and he pulls it off for the most part pretty well. Um, unfortunately, the kids make it back to sort of a civilization with the car and are driving so, it like on a road. This is not a, a well-traveled <laughs> road, but a road. Um, and it turns out there's a body in the trunk still that belongs to Shay Wingham. Because um, the kids, as they do, get out and decide to play with all the guns and shit that are in the back. Um, as you would. And it's pretty. There's some pretty tense moments because there's one scene where the kid is wearing like a bulletproof vest. And the other one is aiming, like, the M16 at him. Only he can't figure out how to fucking fire it, because the safety's on or some shit. <laughs> yeah. So you've just got this feeling that, oh my god, this could go horribly wrong at any minute. Um, it eventually goes horribly wrong. I won't get much into it, because I want people who decide they want to watch this movie to give it a watch. It's... After watching a film like we watched, I watched last night with The, the Little Things... It's amazing how you can watch one movie that probably had a budget of $10 million look incredibly cinematic. Yeah. And another film that probably had a budget into the 70s, because you've got Denzel and Jared Leto signed on, um, not look cinematic at all. Um, this film <clears throat> looks like a movie. It's gorgeously shot, uh, well-directed. It's only about an hour and a half long, so it's, it's tight. There's not a wasted scene in the movie. I love hour and a half long movies. I, I do too, especially when they're like this. Like, I end up giving this a four. Um, it's it's one that might go up upon rewatch. But yep. like like you, I'm also a little hesitant now when I give something a four. I'm like, ugh. I give a lot of fours. Yeah. 
But this, I think, earns it. It's it's well directed, directed, well shot, well acted. In um, our defense, we've said this before. Mm-hmm. We're not movie critics that are assigned movies. Yeah, we want every yeah. we we watch movies that we think are going to be fours. Yeah, I I'm right? not watching movies that look like they're shit. Right, and <clears throat> I'm not going to watch a movie that I'm that I know going in I'm not going to like because I don't. Yeah. I don't want to watch Sex in the City 2. I don't give a shit. Which, oddly enough, I watched Sex in the City this morning. What? That's why I had to be half an hour late. That mo- The movie? The first one. Because um, they're, they're... I did not know that when I brought it up. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Um, they're doing... They're redoing the show. Mm. It's, it's a new title now. It's going to be a new title, but it's... Three out of the four characters are coming back for it. Right, I heard there was a kerfluffle. Kim Cattrall is not coming back, because apparently she hated everyone there, or everyone there hated her. One of the two. I think both. Um, so, uh, Andrea, like most young women her age, that was a big move. That was a big show, because that was like in her early 20s when that show came out. Yeah. So, she loves that show. Loved the first movie. I remember hating the second movie, where they went to like fucking Abu Dhabi or some shit. And I'm like, this was just going to make Americans look terrible. Yeah. Um, and she she was like, well, what about the first movie? And I was like, I honestly don't remember anything about the first movie. So we determined that we'd wake up this morning and watch it. And that's what we did. Um, was it everything you hoped it would be? It was better than I, I expected it to be for something that I had zero memory of. Yeah. Um, worth the watch. I know, uh, I don't remember if Robin had strong feelings about the first one, but I know she did not like the second one. No. Uh, and she, like Andrea, she liked, she watched the show. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I don't remember her, like, I don't think she liked the second one. I don't remember, I'll have to ask her what she, if she liked the first one. But she would mostly just go, yeah, that's okay. Which she, it was. I mean, it was... That's what she thinks about everything. It's not something I'm going to rewatch anytime soon, but I'm like, no, that was worth my time watching. I, I yeah. think I gave it, like, a three. Yeah. Or I haven't yet, because I haven't logged it yet. Because literally, like, I finished watching Drew over here. Um. I feel uh, immediate pressure as soon as credits roll to log. I usually do, too. I, like, have my phone in my hand. But I was like, I already delayed our normal start time by, like, a half an hour, <laughs> so I'm just going to head over. Uh, Can't keep me waiting on your birthday day. (laughs) That's right. Today's my birthday. Uh, Very exciting. The kids got me um, a bag of mini Kit Kats and a bag of uh, mini peanut butter eggs. That's about as good as it gets. I mean, of course, uh, when you're a grown-up, you kind of buy yourself gifts. Actually, Robin got me a gift, um, but I opened it as soon as it came. (laughs) She said, I don't give a shit. Just open it now if you want to. Yeah. Uh, and it was a uh, a mug with the lyrics of Guns and Ships on the side of it. Nice. Uh, well, then I'm glad I'm wait- making you wait till next week because I was in such a hurry to leave the house, I forgot yours. Yeah. And I didn't want to drive at that point the 12 minutes back. But no, 100% no. <laughs> uh, the, <clears throat> the, and I also, the other thing I bought my, and the thing I bought myself uh, was I finally broke down and uh, bought a decent pair of over-ear Bluetooth uh, noise-canceling headphones. Maybe it's just because I have—I've never had uh, anything like that. But like, the noise canceling is fucking amazing to me. Yeah, it's amazing. When you put on a real pair of like noise canceling headphones, yeah, you can't hear a fucking thing. 
And it's not just that. It's also uh, turning it on and off. Like, you don't notice it until you turn it off. Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy shit, I can hear the fan now. Mm-hmm. Like, because we sleep with the fan. And, like, last night, uh, I think when I mentioned it last week, the reason I want to start watching stuff in bed because I end up mm-hmm. staying up too late by staying down here. And I figure if I'm in bed, I can just go to sleep when I want to. Yeah. Um, so I tried that this week. And uh, so... We have a fan going, and I had the earphones on, and you can still hear the hum of the fan, but you don't really realize it because it's it's white noise. Mm-hmm. You turn the headphones on, even after they're over your ears, it's not just that they're over the, your ears, they're, it produces a sound that counteracts the fan sound, and the fan sound goes away. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um. The downside, I did have uh, a hiccup, though, because I think going from my phone to the Roku back to my phone into the headsets is just too much mm-hmm. to all be happening. So, like, my the sound was constantly, like, not skipping, but it would, like, mm-hmm. cut out for just a second. Yeah. Um, so I think, so last night I watched, I watched Mud, uh, the second half of Mud, because I watched the first half, texted you, mm-hmm. and then Robin came down and we watched a different movie, and then I finished Mud in bed. That sounded bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just watched it on my laptop. Yeah. And that worked way better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the screen on the laptop is fine. And... Yeah, when you're, when you're laying in bed or, you know, when you're right next to your screen, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I, and I actually I use like my, watching movies in bed on my iPad. It's it's like being in a theater. Yeah, I I actually uh, I really liked I because I don't use this laptop. This uh, I mean, if you're obviously you're not looking at it, this this laptop is it's big, it's bulky. Uh, my school laptop is a MacBook Air, mm-hmm. so I have watched movies with this laptop in bed or or done stuff mm-hmm. on it, and event, it kind of presses down on your diaphragm. Uh, but the my other laptop worked was perfect because it doesn't weigh anything. I just kind of propped it up a little bit and watched mud on that. And that worked a lot better with the Bluetooth because there was no, there, it wasn't going through four different things. Um, so yeah, the first, uh, uh, and I started listening to, uh, I finally picked a book. I just picked the Hamilton book and I started listening to that. So the thing that I wasn't expecting that I should have is I want to read it way faster than he's reading, than he is reading it. Oh. But I also don't want to crank the the speed up. Maybe I'll try it. Yeah, I have trouble. Like, I've accidentally put podcasts on, like, one and a half speed. And mm. It's just unnatural. Yeah. I used to listen to my classes that way mm-hmm. at 1.5 yeah. because I want it to get, to get the fuck over with. But, yeah, if you're trying to listen to it and kind of enjoy, then it sucks. Um, you want me to go with a movie? Sure. Uh, the thing that we watched, uh, that I watched last night with Robin in between, uh, halves of mud was Please Stand By, uh, with Dakota Fanning from a couple of years. Actually, oh, yeah. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't okay. do that yet because my segue from you mm-hmm. doing something in possibly Texas is Robin and I watched Friday night. We watched Galveston. Oh, yes. Uh, so if you don't know what Galveston is, it's uh, Ben Foster and Elle Fanning. Um, ben Foster is a, not a hitman, but a muscle mm-hmm. for like a, not like classy organized crime, but you know, sleazy organized, Bo Bridges organized crime. <laughs> um, so he is told, uh, you kind of, 
the cool thing about it is they don't really, they don't hammer the details home because it really doesn't matter. So if you kind of miss, I mean, it's all there, but if you miss it, it really wouldn't matter. Uh, the, the, the Bo Bridges character is banging Ben Foster's ex-girlfriend, uh, and Ben Foster works for him. So the, the boss sends him on a thing to rough up a guy or whatever, but says, don't take your gun, no guns. And he's like immediately suspicious of that. Yeah. So he takes his gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out it was a setup. He was trying to have, trying to kill yeah. him. Uh, the Ben Foster being him, Ben Fostery kills everyone there. And the only person left alive is for some reason, Elle Fanning is tied to a chair in the kitchen. <laughs> so <laughs> she's having a bad day too. Yeah. Uh, so he unties her, and they the, the movie is basically them going on the run mm-hmm. uh, because, for some reason, people want to kill them. Uh, it's not cheery. No, no, at, the, bu- the book was not either. At all. Uh, yeah, and this, 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 the book was written by the guy who created True Detective. Yeah. So yeah. don't expect cheerfulness. Um, or good endings, I usually. Want, or, I, I wonder how closely, I kind of want to ask you how closely it, it lines up, because I forgot that you mentioned that you read it. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while, so I might not even remember. <laughs> uh, the, ben Foster, uh, I, I really like him. I say this every time I watch a movie with him in it. I really like him, but he does play pretty much the same character in every single movie. Yeah. Just kind of different levels of intensity, yeah. from Hell or High Water to uh, Leave No Trace to this. Um, it feels like it's, and it kind of is, I guess, it just feels like the same person at a different point in their life, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Like, the the way he acts in Leave No Trace is very different from the way he acts in Hell or High Water, but you could see how those two could be the same yeah, person. If, if the ending of Hell or High Water had been a little different. Correct. <laughs> he would have ended up, like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, it, but it doesn't bother me because I enjoy that character, that yeah, I, he's, I like he's that. good at he's it. He's great. Um, and my one-liner for for this, uh, my one-line review for this was, why do I keep watching movies where people are mean to Elle Fanning? <laughs> and it's like, she's actively making choices to, hey, am I going to get abused in some way in this movie? Because if so, <laughs> I'm in. Yep. Um, people are mean to Elle Fanning. <laughs> but it, it was, a, there was... <clears throat> Like, Hell or High Water is a four and a half. Yeah. And he, I mean, I haven't, I don't think I've watched it since it, uh, I've been letterboxing, so I don't, I don't think I've given it a score. Uh, and Leave No Trace is a five, four and a half or a five. This, while it has all the elements of being as good as those two movies, it just really isn't. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't tell you why exactly. I think I, think I felt the same way about the book. Like, yeah. I liked the book. The, there were passages that were great, but it's just like, this isn't going to stick with me, which is why when you say, like, if the ending is the same, I'm like, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> because uh, I remember reading it, I remember liking it, but there was nothing about, like, holy fuck. You know? I think what it is, and I'm kind of just deciding this, is there are, it makes you think, uh, because it's got all the elements of all these other great movies, and mm-hmm. it's just not as good as they are. It's not as good as No Country for Old Men. It's not as good as Sicario. It's not as good as, you know, any of those. They're, they're all kind of in that same genre. Um, it's just not as good as any, as any of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, still 
you know, I this was also after my purge. I may have given this a four two weeks ago too, mm-hmm. uh, but I I gave it a three and a half. Uh, scoring it the other night, Robin. Um, I don't want to say she didn't like it, but because it's not cheery, it does not end happily. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, I had already kind of moved on to the next thing. She was thinking about it Saturday morning. Oh, wow. And it was part of the reason that we watched Please Stand By, which is a, uh, with Dakota fanning, mm-hmm. uh, and doesn't involve horrible abuse and stuff. But we'll get to that in yeah. a minute. Well, that, that, that can dive kind of into a movie I, I watched. Another one that I was not expecting to, to watch, but I did. Uh, it's called Fish Tank. Okay. It's um, a British film from 2009. Uh, stars a very early Michael Fassbender. It's about uh, this poverty-stricken young high school-aged lady um, living in a part of England, uh Close to a city, but not right in a city. Kind of like a suburb, but a very, like, she lives in public housing. The Shire. Yeah. Well, the Shire with high-rise, you know, type <laughs> things. Um, and it's just about a girl whose life is kind of shitty. Um, her, She's poor. Her family's poor. She wants to be a dancer, like, street dancer type of thing. You know, like, a crew type of thing. Um, but Like Jason Mendoza? Like Jason Mendoza. Okay. Um, now but, I'm, I'm getting into But things into are not going well. Her mother, who is just a fucking train wreck of a human being, has started dating Michael Fassbender, who, while extremely nice to her, gives off that vibe. Fassbender? Come on. I know. Uh, he's great in it. He's really good. The young See, la- now he's really good at that. Yeah. The young lady in it is really good. It's, it's one of those films that's just going to make you feel kind of sad and bummed out the whole way through, but it's really well done. Michael Fassbender is the Ben Foster of Michael Fassbenders. Yes. It was on the Criterion channel, so I watched it. Um, How old is it? 2009. Uh, I had unknowingly seen another film by the same director. A few years ago, she came out with the Shia LaBeouf film, uh, American Honey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... As soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That she went from this type of film to that type of film. Because it's, you know, young people without much hope for anything kind of making their own way. And that's what this film did. Um, I think I, I did give it a four. I think it was well earned. Uh, the young lady in it is tremendous. And like I said, Fassbender's Fassbender. He's, he's going to do well at that creep vibe. Yep. That, that handsome guy who... Yeah, you're not yeah. surprised that he's doing this. Uh, but really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, but that kind of led into a, a film the following night. Uh, again, I went on a streak this week where I picked stuff I wasn't expecting to watch. And uh, I, I watched... I kind of did, too. I watched Bad Education. Me, too. Did you watch it? Yeah. Wonderful. I watched, I watched it that night. <laughs> good. Um, I thought this had come out, like, two years ago. It came out in fucking April. It did. It did. I it guess it did. That's what the one thing that this uh, the pandemic has really yeah because made you, us lose time when it comes to certain things. As you like when I when you first mentioned it, like well, I texted you back. It's like, is this a show? Like I didn't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then once you I you know you said that no, it's a movie on HBO. I looked at it and I was like, oh yeah. And I too thought it was. I would have said like 2017. Yeah. Um. 
No. No, it was April. Um, glad I went back and gave it the time, though. Yep. Um, it's weird, because I guess it won a bunch of Emmys. Cause, yeah. Uh, it was... <laughs> It's it and it's weird because this was made before the the real delineation between this was a made for TV movie yeah. made for HBO but wh- why why couldn't this be Oscar nominated now I mean not to say it should be Oscar nominated but like it won Emmys because it was a made for TV movie yeah that that line has been blurred it's now. weird because if I had a complaint about it that's what it felt like yeah it felt like it had uh prime time uh tv direction and lighting and didn't it well i think a lot of that was because it was filmed mostly in inside of a high school a lot of it so it has so that it has that it has that bad lighting fluorescent anyway. um, yeah much like election did yeah. you know where it's not gonna be a pretty movie um the gist of the film is uh you know wolverine is the principal the superintendent of a high school that is performing very well um, top four, top four, four in the area, four. Um, in the country, in the country, and they know they can make it to number one. So, uh, but you learn the money that they've been spending because it, it, it's in a wealthy area. Like they they get a lot of tax dollars to spend, right? Um, and the kids are you know going to Ivy League schools and all this stuff. The equipment they have is great. Um, in some instances, a little too good, or they don't have it at all. Right, because you learn that the money uh, has been being embezzled by <laughs> his um, finance director, assistant or, superintendent, uh, assistant superintendent who who's in charge of the finances, uh, played by Allison Janney. Right, um, and at first they think it's just a little bit because, as all these schemes do, it comes down to a dumb relative doing something stupid. Yeah, uh, her her son. This is all true, by the way. Yeah, it's based uh, on a true story. And it, and I looked it up, and it's pretty accurate. There, yeah. I mean, because I don't have a problem with you know based on a true story where they take a lot of liberties, but just for mm-hmm. just for clarity, this was pr- a pretty accurate movie yeah. uh, from the. I mean, there were very few, and the discrepancies between uh, uh, what really happened and this movie a lot of times were look they combined two characters into one person, yeah. stuff like that. No. Um, yeah, because she wants to do some home remodeling on her beach house, and her her son is going around with a school credit card to a bunch of home improvement stores, and one of them says, like, well, we can deliver this to your home, because you're, uh, you know, how many, you, you've stopped at, like, four of these today. Right. You know, why don't we just deliver it to your work, work site, which gets flagged. Pretty much, because the guy who was delivering it was like, it was paid with a school credit card. Why is it yeah. getting delivered to a home? I'm going to call the school. Blah blah blah. Right. And it just snowballs from there. And it turns out there's a lot more going on than you expect. And the story is broken by one of the students. Yeah. Who oddly enough was motivated to dig deeper into the story by one of the people that she's going to help convict. Right. Because um, that person told her to, you know, you know. A story is only a puff piece if you let it be. Right. Because she was just there to cover something stupid. You know. Oh, the, the skywalk between two right. of the buildings. Because, again, what's a high school need a fucking skywalk for? <laughs> it did. I, I, I'd i be lying if I didn't say it didn't hit close to home when there was a story about uh, a school official remodeling their mm-hmm. waterfront property yeah. uh, with the school credit card. Like, 
Huh. Yeah, it's the type of thing you know happens out there. You fucking know it happens. It happened here. <laughs> yeah, it happened in a... Which is crazy, because you think in a small town like Milo. Yeah. How's that not going to fucking get noticed? You're, you're hoping a lot of people look the other way when you do something stupid yeah. like that. Yeah. And if, we've, if we know one thing about rich people, it's like they don't want their money taken. Right. And that's... If this has happened in a small town, that probably would have been this, the end of it when someone resigned. I think the most, the, yeah, uh, the most interesting angle of this um, was because it's a a well-moneyed area, Mm -hmm. everyone has a, the people in the town, the people on the school board have a financial interest in their private lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, they're, like, the the main, uh, Ray Romano is the, uh, is the main school board guy. I think he's the head of the school board or whatever. He's also a realtor in the area, and he's made a lot of money selling homes. Because the school district is great. With the, uh, saying, hey, this is where they got the number four school in the country. They have, like, the third most kids going to Ivy League schools every year. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the guy that owns the car dealership, like, you're not going to sell many Mercedes if you, yep. you know, the, the good school system helps you sell help, uh, sell Mercedes because you're getting those wealthy people into the area. So I, I, I really appreciated that angle of it because mm-hmm. otherwise it, I think it would have, no matter how good the, the lead performances were and, uh, how interesting the the scandal is i think i i would have been let down it would have felt even more like a tv mm-hmm. movie i i like that they made sure to to it's not just this corruption thing that involves mm-hmm. this small group of people no agreed uh but it's it's well acted yeah uh hugh jackman is great allison janney is great I felt like she, she's gone for a good chunk of the movie, though, is, is yeah. was my kind of, I don't know if complaint is the right word, but, uh, I mean, she's gone for, like, the middle hour. Yeah, she's well, the not movie, there at all. Once, once her character resigns, and you learn she's, that it's not the end of it, yeah. you need to follow why it's not the end of it. Right. Well, and that's why you know that there's there's way more to it, is when, because all of, yeah. most of the stuff that we've been talking about happens in, like, the first 20 minutes. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I, now I have no idea. Could be the first hour, uh, but it it all happens early. It's not uh, you know I talked earlier about the uh, kind of odd pacing of mud or oddly uh, structured mud. Like this didn't make sense. Like the Alice and Janie resigning thing is kind of just what kicks off the whole story. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's the first uh, you know rock that gets turned over. Right. Um, it always amazes me in stories like this, and again, this was true uh how did you how did you ever think that yeah that you i just don't i I would love to say it's because i'm not that stupid but these were all smart people it's because i'm just i i wouldn't dare to do that yeah you know it's not a little bit of money that went missing it's a lot and not cleverly hidden not and in some cases not hidden right at all right yeah when you have shit delivered to your house yeah yeah. And when you're a school administrator, regardless of how good of a school administrative you are and how rich of a district you are in, you should not have two beach houses. Right. I mean, they said something like she had like five properties. Yeah. You know, it's and and yeah. And it was always because the because her husband was the car dealer. Uh, yeah. Which, again, you can be a great car dealer. Well, that's kind of the, the I, I thought I appreciated that, too. That was a 
a good piece of, uh, I guess, storytelling, and they never even really say anything. But early on, uh, you know, you see them having this barbecue at this gorgeous uh, mm-hmm. waterfront place, and uh, they're talking about doing remodels and stuff, and her the, her friends are just amazed by it. And she says, well, you know, Jack, or whatever the mm-hmm. husband's name was, I don't know, is doing really well at the dealership. And you get this impression that he's this big time selling these luxury cars and then they never really linger on it too long but the first time you see him at work it's clearly a shitty yeah used car you know paneling yeah this is this that's is not, your yeah. that's kind of your first hint like wait a second he's not at like yeah he's just a schmuck at a used car place which is yeah, yeah he's not he they're not turning over the money in order to make that right and it's one of those things, like, once you start really thinking about it, the pieces fall into place and it starts to make more and more sense. Yeah. And again, it's, but it's when things are going well, you don't always question why. Yeah. You know, everyone's making money. So why dig into stuff that might ruin right. that? And that's, and that's some of the, the best parts of it. Um, when they first find out what happened with Alice and Janney's character, they agree to kind of sweep it under the rug a little bit. Yeah. She'll resign. We'll move on. Then once one we more... we don't want a scandal. Yeah, once one more stone gets unturned, though, that's where it could have gone into, like, I don't want to say unbelievable, because there are movies like that, too, but where things start to snowball. Yeah. Where one cover-up leads to another cover-up, and every cover-up gets worse. But in this time, they're like, nope. <laughs> We've got to make the calls. Yeah. And I, I appreciated that, because it's like... If it had turned into everybody starts trying to cover up, it would have been and less enjoyable. Everyone gets dumber and dumber and dumber. And yeah, but no, you had people who were like making the right call at that point. Like, yeah. Nope. We, I mean, we talk about it all the time when movies start to lose that for us is when characters start making choices that don't seem believable. Yeah. Well, I and I think that was uh, going all the way back to mud. That was. Uh, Part of, like again, I I gave it a three and a half, but I think in, that was one of the things that kept it from being a four was there were too many times where, like, you wouldn't do that. No one would do mm-hmm. that. Even a 14-year-old wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? And and you, it's, it's not a suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. scenario yeah. like you have when you watch a superhero movie or whatever mm-hmm. else. It's just... And it's not just that both of those movies, Mud and, I mean, certainly more so the the Bad Education one, because obviously it was a true story, but are more grounded in reality, so you expect people to make choices that aren't just for the sake of the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what kept mm-hmm. Mud from being better. And, and it's... I wonder if the only thing keeping it from happening here was... Uh, goes back to they did stick to what really happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as far as from the real life stuff, maybe that's why it felt more realistic because they did the people didn't continue to get dumber. Because yep. at some point, your self preservation has to kick in and, like, look, if I let this go any further, I might go to jail. Yeah. You know, so like as a school board member, like, I'm oh, sorry, bro. Yeah, it's. <laughs> We've loved having you. Yeah, exactly, but I'm not going to jail for the right. choices you made. Right. It's while I want the school to be I don't want the school to go and I don't want to be the board the head, head of the board when this school goes down in scandal. Yeah. But I also don't want to go to prison. Right. Because I have kids. I've got a family. 
yeah, I need to choose the lesser of those two things. Yep. And prison is definitely yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not the one I'm, I'm up for. Uh, but yeah, that was, and I don't know if we mentioned that, that was an HBO yeah, original. original. Mm-hmm. Um, was it a Max original? No. And this is going to sound dumb, but... It, I don't it, think Max was Max at that point. No? I don't think Max happened for another few months. Um, are the Max originals truly only available on Max? Like, if you have HBO tied to your DirecTV or whatever, those I aren't on there? I don't know the details on that. Because that would be... That, that feels silly Especially because, like, um, like, Wonder Woman is no longer available right. on there. Right, Because it was, like... 30 Day. 30 Day, which I, I don't understand why. Uh, if, sorry, if someone wants to rewatch that at this point, let them rewatch it. <laughs> well, I give, think it's give, so you give can, them that so you can make it unavailable for two months and then sell it. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that's going to be the way it is with all of those mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Judas and Black Messiah mm-hmm. and what's the one uh, little, things, little things and then what's after that? Because all the next the the six that they've announced, I actually want to watch all of them. Oh, me so too. for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they're doing, you know, they do one a month. Um, but Jesus, so far they are not on a winning streak. <laughs> that's the other side of it. I am, uh, I am hoping you're right. against hope that Judah and the Black Messiah is good. It should be. It's got Daniel Kaluuya, um, Lucky Stanfield. It's got good people, but then again. I could have said that the, about the last two movies. The Little Things has good people so in it. So did Wonder Woman. So did Wonder Woman. <laughs> Um, yeah, so far they are not hitting it out of the yeah. park with their Max Originals. But they are, well, they're not, those aren't the Max Originals. Those are the WB movies that would have come out in the theaters yeah. normally. Though, I guess this, uh, I still, there's still movies that I want to see. I guess it's, it's not bad enough yet that, uh, that it would kind of put me off that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, it's, it's at least, um, Everything that I've seen is something that I would be interested in seeing. Now, the only reason I f- care about seeing In the Heights is because of Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, otherwise I would give a shit about... I wouldn't... If you had shown me that a year ago, I'd have been like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. I, but... And I may not even like it, but yeah. we'll see. I watched the trailer to it. I do... And I'm again, I'm probably just saying this because Hamilton is Hamilton. Uh... In the Heights is, uh, that's the show he did before, that uh, Miranda did before mm-hmm. uh, Hamilton. Uh, it's basically his his story. Mm-hmm. It takes place in Washington Heights. Uh, it's the main character is a Puerto Rican immigrant, which, well, immigrant, but a kid from Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, but this is in the style of, like, Les Mis, where yeah. it's a, a shot... How do I, I don't even want, well, how do you, how it's, it? it's a it's a movie musical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, Hamilton was just a it was a live it was, it was the live performance yeah. of the show. I think I I like that better. I've never even seen Les Mis because it just seems so weird. Again, like which one? Because yeah. there've been a bunch. <laughs> well, the the uh, the most recent, the mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway and uh, yeah. I've. I have watched like comedically some of the Russell Crowe parts mm-hmm. and like, I just can't do it. Can't do it. <sighs> he was a bad casting choice. <laughs> it was like, it's just, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, uh, but you is, is, uh, is Chicago like that? 
No. Well, Chicago is kind of an in-between hybrid. Like the the musical numbers are actually shows in y- yeah, the movie. Yeah, they look like yeah. They're exactly. not just they're not just going out to lunch and singing down the street. No, 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 no. This this looks more like how Rent was. Yeah, where it's it's a movie with the songs in the movie. Yeah, and I, I don't know, I don't know if I care for that. Even if like another like I, I would be I don't think I would like Hamilton if it were shot. In, yeah. In period. <laughs> yeah. You know. I, even if everything else was the same, I don't. Think, I don't think it would. Yeah, I don't think it'd work as well. It, it needs, and Hamilton specifically also, because it's a hip hop, predominantly hip hop mm-hmm. show. Uh, it needs the crowd in a lot of places, mm-hmm. and at one point, George Washington is the DJ, you know, and mm-hmm. he's he's talking to the crowd about the rap battle that's happening. <laughs> uh, so. It, the having the crowd there and watching them interact with the crowd and, and then hearing all the uh, like crowd responses mm-hmm. is important to that to that show. Um, so I don't know I don't know if I don't know I don't know if I like it or not but I'll, but I'll watch it mm-hmm. and I don't remember the one that's in the middle. Um, Jesus, I don't even know. Because yeah, that's like this summer. When yeah, the that's, comes up. yeah, it's like June. Either June or July, but uh, oh, so the one that Robin and I watched was "Please Stand By" from 2017. Uh, L. Fanning, Tony Collette, Alice Eve, uh, Patton Oswalt is in it mm-hmm. at the very end for a few minutes. Uh, I can't remember um, who else is in it. Who am I leaving out? It doesn't matter. Uh, Dakota Fanning is, uh, autistic. Uh, she lives in a, like a group home type thing. Tony Collette is the doctor administrator of the group home. Um, and she is, uh, big into Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, uh, Rain Man watch Judge Wapner every yeah. day. She religiously watches Star Trek every day and she knows every minute detail about every single little episode. So there was this contest for uh, write a script and turn it into Paramount Pictures, blah, blah, blah. So she, of course, has written this 500-page epic (laughs) crossing over Mm -hmm. Deep Space Nine with Spock. She she has written some fan fiction. Yes. and the movie is is her trying to get her script turned into the contest on time. Mm-hmm. Um, she can't get it mailed, so she eventually just walks out, <laughs> and you know, so hilarity ensues. Um, this was also uh, too many times things for as grounded and as kind of sweetly sad as it as the movie is and that's the mm-hmm. tone of it there's there was too many times where i was just like oh come on yeah don't do that you you're not gonna do that or you know i i don't it was good but i if if i wouldn't tell you to run out and watch it mm-hmm. but uh robin was just happy because no one like beat the shit out of her or <laughs> no one murdered you her. know no one raped or murdered her so 
that was a win in Robin's book, yep. and she was you need able more to feel good. Elf Anning. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was able to sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it was fine. All right, so I don't have anything else to say about you, it. Did you n- watch uh, the little things? No. Okay. Nope. Do you Do you want me to go too in depth into it? No. Okay. Because I will watch it. Yeah, this I was just, this was like another one of the big HBO ones. Yeah. Um, I won't give away too much because it, it did just come out on Friday, but for the talent involved, it's such a fucking letdown. Yeah. And it's one of those things where nothing about it is bad. Yeah. But nothing about it. Um, I think my review was it's a it's an it's a double episode of SVU. Yeah. Which is um, the, that's the sentiment that I've seen the most. Yeah, and I, I hadn't read anything yeah. by any reviewers because I, I wanted to go in fresh where I'm like, I'll be able to watch this soon enough. I mean, and this guy did. Uh, he uh, directed The Highwaymen, which we liked last year. Yep. He wrote and directed The Founder. Uh, he wrote The Blind Side, which was pap. Uh, same with The Rookie. So he, he's written some stuff that's kind of meh. But, like, The High Women, I thought was a good film. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, this, it felt like it was trying to be more than it was, but not trying all that hard. It didn't know how to accomplish it. Yeah. Uh, one of the other thing, kind of, not really complaints, well, observations was, um, and it kind of makes sense because... I guess this script has been around since the mid '90s. That it just very much feels like a. Which is um, funny because it takes place in nineteen in the mid '90s, mm-hmm. and part of me is like, why is this film taking place in the mid '90s? Because it was written in the, like '93, and no one ever updated it. Yeah, which it doesn't have to be. Yeah, but then if it's set in the '90s, give me a reason why. Yeah, just one, just like uh, much like Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, I think someone, I think it was maybe the Flick Connection guy, his review, I think he might have said, um, one, and and I like this for uh, a lot of kind of, uh, for different reasons in movies, uh, that maybe he said, and he said, look, I'm, I'm reaching here too, mm-hmm. but maybe it's because... Some movies, if you set them now, like a lot of the kind of twists and turns you want to take, go away with cell phones. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that everyone's got a fucking computer in their pocket ruins a lot of possible storylines. So if you set it in the 90s where you don't have that... And I don't think having cell phones would ruin this story. No? No, I don't think it would. Okay. I mean, it would make a lot of scenes a little easier. Yeah. But it, it doesn't change any of the... It doesn't majorly change anything. Like, there's no scenes where someone needs help and just can't fucking get it. Right. Because um, there's no cell phones. Um, this... Usually a film like this, with this type of story, there's a great scene in there. Yeah. You know, there's one where you're just like... That movie was kind of by the numbers, but man, that, that, that fucking scene was amazing. This film did not have that. Which, considering you had an actual interrogation scene... Between Jared Leto, Rami Malek, and Denzel Washington. Three Oscar winners, or Oscar nominees, at the very least. I can't, Rami, no, Rami did win. Yeah, they've all won. You've got three Oscar winners in an interrogation scene, which is, like, tailor-made. For you want to show off some writing and acting chops? Yeah. That's what made fucking Andre Brower's career was fucking his character in the box in Homicide, you know? 
when he interrogated people, you're like, fuck. This he dude. didn't just roll into the Raymond Holt role. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this film has doesn't have a scene like that. Yeah. Or these actors can really turn loose, and it's not like oh well they were being restrained. That was maybe Denzel's character was, but like Leto's character was good. I really enjoyed him. I thought he might have been the best thing about this film, which is weird because I don't like him usually as an actor. But yeah. He played this creepy, off-putting guy. What? In a very interesting way. I mean, I can buy for a second that Jared Leto was a sleazebag. Yeah. Not a problem. Um, but he had kind of a unique take on this character. Jared Leto strikes me as a type of person that smells bad. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why I think I said this might be the first film in a while where I think this might actually be Leto. Yeah. You yeah. know? I have no problem believing this is how Jared Leto lives. Yeah. Um... And it's it so much of this was just wasted. Um, the script for something that's been around since the '90s it isn't that great. <laughs> um, usually, when you find a movie that's like where a script's been around that long and people just haven't directed it, it's because it's like, oh, we were waiting for the technology to catch up, yeah. or we needed something like fucking Charlie Kaufman to do this, yeah, because it's it's weird and you know you need to find a way you need to find a way in with this. This is a very kind of by the numbers crime film. Well, which which usually when you hear about a script that's been around forever, it's because there's something unique and interesting about it. It's aw- it's just, it's really odd yeah. that this in a decade it. in a decade that was filled with movies like that. Oh yeah. Especially at that time period because after 7, yeah. They greenlit a bunch of films yeah. with, a, with a fucking serial killer in it. So why wasn't this made? And maybe he was just holding out so he could direct it, but he's been directing films for a bit now. It just seems like it, if having not seen it, like just everything that I've heard, like how did, how did this keep making the rounds? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't. Yeah. Cause this film could have been made with B-list actors and been just as fine. It's, it's, like, it's not it's, like, you know, Denzel and Robbie and Jared elevated it that much. Well, and it's not, it doesn't seem original enough to even keep around. Like, mm-hmm. like, how was this not made into like rewritten into another film sequel? Yeah, I mean, how was this not nine? You know, yeah, uh, nine. Well, it's because there was already a film they tried to make yeah. eight. Uh, that's too bad. I'll still, yeah. I, I still want to watch it because of the. I think I gave it a three. Yeah, because it, it's again. As an episode of SVU, if this would have been like a double episode, it would have been good. Yeah. It would have been good. Especially because it's like the whole, you don't know if Jared Leto's character is guilty or not. Yeah. You know, it's trying to pull that Zodiac vibe. Yeah. Only it's not Zodiac. (laughs) Not by a long shot. I saw... Uh, I came across Zodiac for some reason this week and I feel like I should watch it again. Because that was one that I watched years ago. And just always remembered it being fine, and then watched it maybe last year or the year before because we talked about it, and it was just fucking awesome. Oh, Zodiac is a masterpiece. <laughs> it's an awesome movie. It is a masterpiece. Uh, but it's long. It is very long. So it doesn't make you necessarily want to rewatch it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't leave you feeling good. No, but it's really good. Oh, it's so good. Um, just packed to the brim with MCU characters. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're yeah, all over everybody. the place. Yeah, everyone in it. Uh, but it's, it's very, very good. So that's, that has, I, that, 
I keep meaning to add that to my I watch it every year. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of, I've been looking at the the letterbox thing. I don't think I can ever break out of the uh, MCU people being in being my entire yeah. most watched. It's impossible. I'm just not gonna watch. It's 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 shocking to me when someone oh, yeah. breaks well, in there. Well, they're just also in so much shit. Yeah. What was really funny for me for the for much of my fir- the first part of the year because the first two films I watched, a lot of my, and they're still in there because like most my most top watch actor right now is Kevin Corrigan, in three films. Okay. Because he was in Superbad, The King of Staten Island, and Goodfellas. Um, but it was like okay, Frank Adonis, who was in King of New York and Goodfellas. Uh, I'm trying to remember, there's somebody else here who was in Good Goodfellas, and if you were in Goodfellas in one other movie, you were in my top. Like honestly, yeah, right now, yeah. tied for a second with a whole lot of other people for most watch actor is Martin Scorsese's mom, <laughs> because she was in Goodfellas and The Godfather Part Three. You know, if you have those two movies and The King of New York, which is another New York based. Yeah, gangster film. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot of low level. Oh, hey, that guy played Third Hood. You know, the Third Hood. The interesting uh, thing about my 2021 is that Paul Bettany is number one, but not not a single Marvel movie. Interesting. Uh, it's just Master and Commander and Uncle Frank. Mm-hmm. But I also haven't. I didn't watch. I watched Endgame. I think, and maybe one other one in. Yeah, and I've watched Endgame this year, so you think at least one Marvel character would be sneaking into that yeah. top list of having been in two films. But, like, if you go to my all-time, it's, like, just pages upon pages of Sam Jackson, Chris Evans. We've done this before, Scarlett Johansson, all the way down through, like, three pages worth. But, uh, so I, I, like, don't dare to watch any this year, because I, I do want to see, like, if there are people that can kind of recur yeah. that I don't even notice, yeah. or I don't even realize I've done it. Mm-hmm. Um so the next one that I wa- I watched that uh, the Dana Carvey documentary. Yeah, that's a good that's a good documentary. Yeah, because it's uh, so it's a documentary about the Dana Carvey show, which um, and you you wouldn't have known it then, but oh, I remember it being a big deal yes. when that came out. But you wouldn't have been like, oh, Steve Carell's in this, because he was a complete unknown. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Almost everybody other than Dave yeah. Dana Carvey was a complete unknown. But it's filled with everyone who is now like, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that's a big actor, or that's a big writer. Um, oh. or, um... But yeah, because it came, that was like the first thing Carvey did, other than some movies after leaving SNL. Yep. Um, ABC put it in prime time. Right after Home Improvement. Which is just... I, I, I don't want to be that guy who constantly knocks home improvement, but I'm going to be that guy. That was a show written for the lowest common denominator. Yeah. When your show's catch line is Tim Allen going, yeah. you know, making gorilla noises, you know what you know what audience you're aiming for. Right. And then to put on immediately after that a sketch comedy show Written by a bunch of fucking weird... I'm Charlie Kaufman was a writer on that. I think Robert Zemeckis was a writer on that. Um, Judd Apatow. You've got some wacky out there people making that show. 
and Robert this... Smigel, Louis C.K., Stephen Colbert, Steve Carell. Yeah, you've got guys who were who were ready to do stuff that would have been too weird for SNL. Yeah, that well, that was so. Smigel was the showrunner, uh, and he's you know he writes a lot of the SNL. That's yeah, so I think it's Zemeckis, but I meant Smigel. Yeah, Smigel. Yeah. Uh, and that's that, where, this that is where was, the ambiguously gay duo came from. Yeah, and I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so right away, because like, and Carvey was the same way. His whole thing is, I don't want to do Church Lady anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to do this weird shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got a lot of free reign early from the network. And their very first sketch was Dana Carvey dressed as Bill Clinton doing uh, at the in the Oval Office. And uh, he has taken a hormone to make him more empathetic, and he has produced uh, teats. Yes. And he opens his shirt, and for some reason, he's and he breastfeeds a baby, and a kitten, yep. and uh, uh, and these are all live animals, uh, a puppy. Yep. And he actually has uh, working prosthetic teats that are dripping milk out, yep. and there are eight of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the network was horrified. Yeah, it set the. It is. I think. I don't know if they said it was the record, but they lost uh, because you could see the. Yeah, the, you know, from the Nielsen's. Yeah, they lost six million viewers in uh, less than three minutes. Yeah, uh, like you could see it exact when the teats came out. You can see the fucking <laughs> nosedive, uh, and that was their cold open <laughs> so, on their first episode. On their first episode, <laughs> after uh, my favorite part of the whole documentary is. Uh, when I think I can't remember which one of them it was, it was either Smigel or Carvey said, I hadn't watched Home Improvement. I knew it was like a big show and I knew that's where, you know, we were getting this big lead in, but I didn't really know. And he said, I didn't really know anything about the show. Yeah. And he saw a, a promo <laughs> of it. And it was, it was a clearly a very special episode of, uh, oh, of yeah. Home Improvement. Yeah. And, like, JTT is crying or something like that. And it's, like, a very special episode of uh, Home Improvement, followed by the Dana Carvey show. And and he's like, oh, no. (laughs) These are not the same people that are going to be watching these shows. Um, But, yeah, so there was that cool, that side of it. And also just the fact that, you know, future uh, uh, issues aside, Louis C.K. was the head writer. Mm -hmm. Um Jeremy Jam was a writer <laughs> yeah. on the show, and then Colbert and Carell, who are both gazillionaires now, yeah. um, were all on this. You know, like you said, Dana Carvey was the only person that anyone knew. Yeah, um, and it didn't even last a half season. Yeah, they only made eight episodes, and they didn't even air the eighth one. Yeah, because after the first one, they lost like the majority of their sponsors. So much that by like the third episode, like. Episodes were presented by. Well, they did that uh, from the get-go as kind of a goof. But later on, it was like, we need this. Yeah. So it was Taco Bell. And and, and the sponsors just kept getting, like, Lexan. Oh, yeah. Eventually, it was was like a used car person, like, out in Paramus or something (laughs) like that. Uh, What the... Was it? I think it was a used car place. But either way, it, it... yeah, by the end it was ridiculous. And the the really the funny thing is, and maybe it's because now, like especially Colbert and and uh, and Carell have built up this this 
you know, goodwill in our brains mm-hmm. that now we think it's funny. Mm-hmm. It was way ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, and hey, look, a lot of it did suck. But they had, so the eighth episode, or, or I don't remember if it was they made nine and only aired eight, or they made eight and only aired seven. But either way, the episode that didn't air, they took one of those sketches, and when, because uh, eventually after that show ended, Smigel went back to SNL and mm-hmm. was the head writer at SNL again. Yeah. So like the next year, Carvey came back to guest host, and they did, now I can't remember which skit it was, they did a skit that was supposed, they did a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff that was supposed to be in that last episode. Yeah. And it fucking killed on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And I don't remember which... What... Well, it says that show should have never been primetime. Right. I mean, and this this just goes to show that even with the most the most talent in the world, you can fucking bomb at something by just getting one thing wrong. Yeah. And... Well, and just being in the wrong place. Yeah. At the wrong time. And, yeah, like you said, it killed then. And even now, like, to get that collection of talent together would be a huge show. Yeah, it'd be silly. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, we've talked about it in the past with um, uh, Studio 60. Yep. Studio 60, I still think, was great. Yeah. I think, yeah, they should have had a comedy writer for the comedy bits mm-hmm. instead of Sorkin. But that could have been worked out. And it... And it wouldn't, I, I know we've talked about this before, because whenever we talk about this, we go on a Studio 60 rant... <laughs> It would have been not just uh, better to bring in like comedy writers to do the comedy. It also would have felt more authentic mm-hmm. because if everyone on the show talks like Aaron Sorkin writes, mm-hmm. and the sketch comedy is also yeah. in Sorkinese, yeah. it sounds stupid. It would have yeah. made more sense Sorkin, if it was Sorkin a totally can be different. Funny, yeah, just not in sketches. Right, he can't write a sketch seemingly, which if, that's not how his brain is wired. Fine. This show was put out by NBC, or was it NBC? Yes, NBC. Yes. Fucking bring someone over. Yeah. Um, and it also had the bad luck of premiering the same time as 30 Rock. Yeah. Well, that was part of the promotion, yeah. too, was that was kind of the joke, uh, was that they were both coming at the same time. I remember there was, the, there was a, mm-hmm. uh, a thing with Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin, and he comes in and he says, oh, so when do I get to meet Aaron? And she's like, oh, no, that's not this show. Yeah. And he's, you know, so that, I remember that, that being part of the promotion for those two shows. And then you're not going to have the same, I mean, here we are saying you're not going to have the same audience and we're the same audience for both, but we are not typical when it comes to this. I don't, yeah, I don't think, I think Studio 60 was just for a very small Mm -hmm. group of people like us and no one else. Yeah, exactly. Not something that's going to be. It was a staple of thir- Thursday night TV. Yeah, it wasn't wanted. West Wingy enough for your parents. Yep. And it wasn't Thirty Rock enough for the youngers. Yeah. So it it was just caught in this weird middle ground. And again, like we keep hammering the, and it, it wouldn't have bothered me if they didn't talk so much about how smart and funny all these people were. And mm-hmm. then you watch the sketches, and they're like, Jesus, this yeah, is brutal. They're, they're not funny. This is brutal. <laughs> like this is something that you would expect like a a, a, a cable access to jack offs with their yep. like it's that kind of not funny mm-hmm. um like you don't even get yeah, it's what supposedly is... the guys they would have just fired yeah to bring on yeah. The, the geniuses yeah yes cuz you had yes cuz everyone on the show everyone on that show was a genius that's the thing that that's one thing that bugs me about there are a lot of things that bug me about sorkin as much as i like all, everything mm-hmm is everyone's got to be a fucking genius and everybody's got to be the smartest person that ever fucking walked the earth. And it's like, not... 
Even if that's true, even if that's the character you're writing, you don't have to keep telling me how smart Sam Seaborn is. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I, have his action show. How smart yeah. He is. Like, don't keep fucking telling me that. Uh Josh is a really smart guy. Yeah, no fucking shit, dude. Mm-hmm. I know that. He works in the... Well, I was about to say, he works in the White House. Of course he's smart. And now yeah. we've learned that's not always right. true. It's not always the case. But uh, yeah. usually, yes, if you've got a job in the White House, you're very smart. Yeah. You might not be the top of your field, but you're smart enough to be in the fucking White House. Oh, if you're deputy chief of staff, you're pretty much the top of your field. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, did you have any other movie? Uh, the other one that I watched is that um, I actually watched a big blockbuster. I finally Ooh. got around to watching Tenet. Oh, I watched Tenet. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. Yep. I don't get why people say it's as confusing as it is. Okay. They go out of their way to explain it a lot. Um, as with most time travel movies or, or, or anything where time is involved... The more you think about it, the more confused you're going to be. So much to the fact that they had a character in this say, don't think about it. <laughs> yes, the movie tells you not to. And this is exactly what yeah. I said when I when I watched it uh, without giving away. I didn't want to give away too much. But, like, yeah, at some point, it's not even, I get, I'm just speaking for me. It's not so much that it was confusing, is that the, if you do... Think about, okay, just because you said that, Robert Pattinson, doesn't mean that it makes sense. Yeah. Like, your your physics are still off here. Yeah, there's there's still questions like, okay, well, if he's going backwards in time and forwards in time at the same point, eventually, and the whole whatever happened has happened. Yeah. uh, Eventually, there will be issues. There just will be. Yeah. Um. It, but, yeah, the, the logic folds in on itself if you go too far into yeah, it. Yeah, I think my review is, uh, you know, something like Nolan finally made a movie where he ended up going up his own ass. Yeah. Repeatedly. <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah. Um, but it's it's exactly what I want from a Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. The, the spectacle is tremendous. Yeah. There's some scenes where I'm just like, I don't know how he fucking pulled this off. He's got... You know, there are scenes where, you're, where it's unfolding where you're like, that just looked weird. And then later you're like, oh, well, that's why. That's because one of the characters is in reverse and the other one is not. So, of course, their fight scene's going to look fucked up. He also, and I don't even know what this is. He <laughs> produces the best versions of all the people acting in his movies. Mm-hmm. Like... My favorite Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Inception. Is Inception Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. My favorite. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like and everybody's favorite Tom Hart. Well, not everybody, I guess. My favorite Tom Hart. You know, and that's mm. maybe Leo's not that. But Leo's bigger. Yeah. But anyone like yeah. uh, my favorite Robert Pattinson is. I really liked him in this. He was awesome. I he was really excellent. liked. So I, I don't even know what what I really like. Six even, foot three tall blonde woman from Widows. Yeah, you know, yep. she was excellent. Yeah, uh, this might not be Kenneth Branagh's best Kenneth Branagh, but then again, it's fucking Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, um, but it, it, it's it's like most of his films, it's a puzzle box, yep. and as you watch it, puzzles pieces start falling into place, and sometimes if you think about it too much, you're like, nope, that's not going to make any sense. Right. I try not to do that because I know 
with this type of film, there's going to, and he's playing with too much shit for there not to be an inconsistency at some point. Oh yeah. Um, when you've got would... time running forward and backward and then backward and forward, sometimes within moments of one another, yeah. shit's going to be like, oh, okay. And there was stuff I guessed, like the scene where they first go into that room where him and Pattinson first, John, John David Washington, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, when they first go into the hangar to steal something. And they come across the guy when the door opens and he's fighting him and oh, yeah. he runs away. I'm like, that's going to be one of those two people. Yeah. We're going to learn later in the film that was one of those two people. Yeah. How they I, did that was tremendous. I, w- I actually, uh, thinking back to that uh, scene, the thing that I wish, and I think it was, well, it was the tip off, the most obvious tip off, and I kind of wish they had omitted or he had omitted that, is uh, you see Pattinson look down and he clearly recognizes who it is and he has a look on his face. I wish, because I don't think that was necessary. I think the, like what you were talking about, everything else felt off enough about that that you were like, wait a second. Something isn't right. We'll we'll find this out eventually. I didn't need Pattinson's look there. No, that Uh, was, that seems to me like that was put in for the people who weren't getting it yet. Yeah, but you don't even... Yeah. You don't even know what you're getting yet at that point. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it's so that upon when it happens again, you can go, oh, yeah, Pattinson knew. Yeah. Um, and that, I'm sure upon a second watch, you'll see a lot of that. Mm. But there was enough stuff where it's like, like when he first starts bleeding from his bicep, I'm like, oh, okay. Now I know where this is going because at the beginning of the movie, he stabbed a guy in the bicep and that guy was wearing a helmet and we didn't see him. See, I did not pick up on that first uh, time through. I did. <laughs> Uh, so maybe I need the Pattinson stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but for that's exactly what I want when I go see a Christopher Nolan film. I yeah. want the big, high-concept spectacle. And or I'm going to see some special effects I haven't seen yet. And one of the great things about... Uh, and you know it going in along the same lines is... This is going to be... Almost as much fun to rewatch mm-hmm. three months from now, and they they always have, been. and they and their films are always a good rewatch. Yeah, uh, and I know that's not why he makes them, but there are a lot of things. Uh, I can't remember what movie someone was talking about the other day on something I was watching that was the same way. Oh, it was Shutter Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and I think I might re I might add that to the next couple of weeks just because mm-hmm. it's been years. Um, that one seemed to always be on Sunday afternoons at work. Yep. That seemed like a, it was like in the, the same, it would be that or Green Mile <laughs> uh, around that. Were those around the same time period? Green Mile way earlier. Way earlier. Yeah. But no, well, not way, way earlier, but Shutter mm-hmm. Island was like early 2000s. Yeah. I think. Green Mile was like 99 or 2000. 99. Um, yeah. That. There's no way to catch everything in Shutter Island on a first viewing. It's just, you just can't. You have to watch it twice, at least. You know, not that you. 2010 was Okay, so quite a ways after. Uh, So the movie is still is very enjoyable and good on a first watch, but there's no way. It's almost like things are are in there intentionally. Here's your reward for watching it again, Mm -hmm. uh, is you're going to catch all this stuff. This. Because a lot of movies that have a twist ending suck the second time because you already know. Yeah. But then you get things like Shutter Island, you get things like Usual Suspects where 
the rewatch is almost more enjoyable mm-hmm. because you're like, ha there it is. Yep. You know, you, you see all this stuff. Uh, and that's what's great about all of the non, I mean, the, the, the Dark Knight ones are rewatchable for their Dark Knightedness. Yeah. Uh, but every other Nolan movie is rewatchable because you pick out little, mm-hmm. you, you notice something different every time. Um, and not everyone does that. Not mm-hmm. everyone is capable of that, I guess. Um, was that the last thing that you watched? Yeah, that I need to talk about. <laughs> so the last one that I watched... Oh, wait, no, you watched this one. Um, you watched Save Yourselves, didn't you? Oh, yes, yeah. I really liked that. It was fun. Uh, Robin and I watched that one uh, earlier in the week. Uh, and my, I thought it paired very well with Fast of Night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, very, very different tone, mm-hmm. but same... Type of movie. Uh, so it was just interesting. The two, you know, both of them, uh, very small, very self-contained stories uh, with male and female protagonist and pretty much no one else. Yeah. Um, but like, couldn't be more different in tone. Oh, yeah. The thing that I liked the most about that movie, other than that it was, it was very funny. Um, they are both, I mean, they make jokes about like they have no survival skills. Right. And they really don't. Like, every... It's one of those films where every choice the character makes is a bad choice. Yeah. And usually I'm like, oh, come on. But, but with this, these you believe two, it. With yes. these two, I'm like, yeah, they're making the wrong choice every time. Because uh, it's a, it's a they pretty, are so far out of their element. It's a pretty common movie setup of two very uh, hooked-in city mm-hmm. folk, Brooklynites, yeah. uh go out to the country to, to unplug yeah. and, you know, hilarity ensues. Uh, in this case, the hilarity that ensues is an alien invasion. Yeah. With, at, basically. By tri- poofs. By poofs. Uh, which which are like tribbles. Which are essentially tribbles. Yeah. Uh, which came up in the Star Trek movie that I watched last night. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're just poofs. And, um, I, the, the two leads were just the best. Mm-hmm. When he does his, what did they call it? Sleep. Oh, what the hell do they call it? Sleep delusions or some shit. I can't remember what they call it, but yeah. Shit. But he just wakes up in the middle of the night and thinks he sees stuff and starts yelling at people. Yeah. Is just fucking hilarious. I thought Robin was going to have a heart attack every time he did it. He's like, get away from me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But, uh... I don't know. It was very charming. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the leads were great. The leads were terrific. Uh, the ending was even uh, deep. Sur- yeah, surprising. Surprisingly, because uh, it is left. It is very indie. I mean, yeah. it's not. This is not. They, they uh, were not playing with a big budget. There's a no, reason the main aliens were essentially poof balls. This was not Seth Rogen and yeah. <laughs> company doing their. This is the end. Yeah. I love that. I do too. Uh, that's one that I didn't like the first time I really? watched it, and then I watched. I well, I guess I because I was on a. Uh, sometimes uh, Baruchel really annoys me, mm-hmm. and I was kind of at the height of my annoyance with him mm-hmm. when that movie came out, so I was turned off by it. Okay, I can see that. But upon rewatch, I still don't love him. I still mm-hmm. find him irritating in in large doses. Uh, 
Joan Hill's awesome in that oh, movie. He so is. All the supporting cast is fucking amazing. Uh, Danny McBride oh my. is awesome in that movie. I want to check off in the magazine. I want to check off all over that magazine. Uh, yeah, you also have to, I mean, it, it's not too hard to do considering the cast of that movie, but you also have to immediately just like, this movie is absolutely ridiculous. Oh yeah. Uh, just to, to a silly ex- degree. Um, but yet save yourselves. Surpri- but it's still surprisingly deep at the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and a lot more Backstreet Boys than you're expecting. Oh, hell yes. Um, save yourselves is not that. Uh, but it is, uh, it, it did have kind of a poignant ending mm-hmm. because you don't know exactly what happened. And it and you don't know where it's going. Right. Yeah. You just kind of get the blissfully ignorant protagonist thinking, oh, oh, this is great. And for all you know, they were lunch, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but I did, I very much enjoyed it. I, I think it's worth watching. Uh, I have decided uh, my little... You know how I, I I have this thing about giving things fours. Mm-hmm. It definitely is not a four and a half. I gave it a three and a half. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave it a four, but I think when I've decided that uh, when there's something, it can be a three. It can be anything from a three up that I will, if it just deserve. If it's not quite a four and a half, but it's not your average four, I will give it the heart. Mm-hmm. So. Because before, what I was doing is I would pick one movie a month and give it mm-hmm. a like, and that was my movie of the month or whatever ah. in my head. Yeah. Uh, now I think I'm the anything where I feel like it doesn't quite deserve the next thing up, but damn it, this movie was really trying yep. and it uh, made good with what it had. Yeah, and I and I've decided I'm going to be able to give things like anything from a three up, even if there were major problems with it. Because there's all kinds of shit, especially like movies that no offense, that you like, like mm-hmm. horror movies, you can love a horror movie, and but just know it's a bad movie. Yeah. Like, this movie's a three, but I really liked it. Which it happens to me a lot. All the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I've decided to use the heart uh, in that way. So if you're ever looking at my... <laughs> anyone out there who's like, hey, I wonder what Tom thinks of this movie. Um, the heart means I, I, I gave it that a little extra. Mm-hmm. What do we have uh, planned? Oh shit! I can't remember what's. Let coming me get up to my week. watch list. Unable to resolve host. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, my watch list right now. I have Killer Joe, Light of My Life, Prisoners, Flower, Little Things, One Night in Miami. You've seen most of these movies. Yeah. Uh, Soul, I'm Your Woman, and Booksmart are on my watch list right um, now. Um, I'd be down with Booksmart or I'm Your Woman. Okay. Because uh, both of those are ones I want to watch. I will, uh, and you've seen, obviously, Prisoners, Flower, mm-hmm. Little Things, One Night in Miami, mm-hmm. and Soul. Yep. Uh, so I'll save those other ones. Although I'm, I'm really curious about Light of My Life, because I feel like I should have noticed it at the time. And it's very much a Last of Us style movie. Yeah. But. All right, that's what we'll do for next week. Anything else? No. I'm All right. Good. Good. Tight 90 minutes. Woo-ha. Next week, whatever those movies that we just talked about is what we'll talk about. I gotta stop drinking.